Digital is the future, and we are that future. Touch HD. Hi guys, welcome to A Toast with Carrie. Nice to be with you again. And this week we've got two fascinating interviews. One with legendary Jan Bullankutzer, who is the owner and now retiring cellar master and winemaker of Friesenhof Winery. He's an ex-Springbok rugby player. He is a legend in his own time, both in the wine industry and on the South African sort of history pages. He is. And he's handing over to his young cellar master called Nicky Klaassen. The two of them are going to be in the studio with me. We're going to be chatting about how you hand over the baton when it's such a big one to hand over. And more importantly, how do you how do you grab hold of it if you're the youngster who's been allocated to do so? So that's the story of Friesenhof. And then during the course of the week, I caught up with Craig and Anne Vessels, a fabulous couple who you would all love, just really, really um, encouraging and and inspiring people who gave up everything that they had. He had a, a TV commercial business, I think, gave it up. She had a modeling business of sorts and gave it all up, gave up their fancy schmancy house in Cape Town and went to near Hermanus, um, bought a farm and threw everything they had at a label called Restless River. And they are truly remarkable wines. So fill up your glasses with something nice. Uh, and if you're not doing that, if you're in the bus, if you're in the taxi, if you're in the train, whatever it is, wherever you are, enjoy the two interviews that we recorded for you this week for A Toast with Carrie. You with us, you win. Case closed. Touch HD. Well, guys, I'm chatting today with Craig Vessels. And a lot of you might not have heard of Craig because he flies under the radar and he is a quietly successful um, wine farmer and owner of Restless River. Craig, welcome to Touch HD. Thanks for joining me. Thanks very much. It's great to be here. Well, I spent a very happy few hours with you and your gorgeous wife, Anne, yesterday at a perfectly splendid restaurant in Johannesburg tasting through the Restless River wines that are currently on offer, or are they currently on offer? There will be as of this week. So we were tasting our new vintage releases. Okay, so talk to us. We started off with a, a really interesting Sauvignon Blanc, um, which is part of your Wonderlust project, which is a once-off per year. This year, Sauvignon Blanc. Tell, tell the listeners about that. Well, Restless River generally makes its wines from the uh, grapes that we grow on the farm, um, which is Chardonnay, Pinot, and uh, more unusually Cabernet, Cab Sav. Um, and in order to allow a little bit more creativity um, and uh, research and um, just, I guess, just let the creative juices flow a bit, um, I created a project called Wonderlust, which mm-hmm. is basically a in my journey into wine um, and it allows me the freedom to make a wine every year from either a cultivar or an area that I'm interested in or perhaps even a cellar technique that I'd like to find more out more about um, and that uh, is like I just said it's a new wine every year yes. um, and invariably it's um, something a little less ordinary 
Yes. Well, this was a very less less than ordinary Sauvignon Blanc, which can sometimes tend to be a little bit one-dimensional and pretty much generic dry white wine, I think. Yeah. Um, a couple of different approaches to vinification. Tell us. Yeah, so that one, I um, like you said, I'm, I'm not really a great fan of, of that the sort of uh, standard Sauvignon Blanc that we get dished up. Um, I don't drink a lot of it. No. And um, I was really interested to see what else could be done with Sauvignon Blanc. Yes. Um, obviously within reason. Um, so the, the aim is still to make a good drinkable wine. Um, so with that one, I did uh, full carbonic maceration, whole cluster um, sealed in a tank for about five weeks. Um, and then opened the tank foot stomp, the whole cluster has got a ferment going, um, and then gave it a bit of skin, skin contact uh, for a couple of days, and then pressed it, pressed off the fermenting juice um, and uh, put it into barrels for 16 months. Um, it, and then and it, it didn't taste like it had oak on it at all, I have to say. It was, yeah, it, it's it, extraordinary. It, um, it is. Um, there, there was a small amphora component uh, to it as well, um, but the barrels were old, so yes. I was using them more as a, as a maturation vessel um, that would allow some micro-oxygenation to occur, so a little bit more secondary character development. Um, so, yeah, I, they, they, I think that's the reason for it not having um, much uh, oak on the nose or the, or the, or the palate. Well, I think, you, I think you sort of definitely um, set out, well, achieved what you set out to achieve, and that is a Sauvignon Blanc that had sort of texture to it and a couple of different layers rather than just the the crisp, cool, dry white that normally is presented in the form of Sauvignon Blanc. It's layered, it's yeah, textured, it's quite complex. So. Yeah. Mm. I think Diego Chardonnay make a, uh, obviously been a little bit influenced in um, you know, how, how I make my Chardonnays. Um, so it wasn't too different a route to that, although carbonic maceration certainly was... Um, not something I do on the shot anyway. Yes, yeah. And then, Craig, we went on from that to a Pinot Noir, which was absolutely delicious. It's it's from a, a vineyard called Le Luc, I think. I assume yes. that that is named after one of your children. Yeah, we planted that vineyard in 2013, and um, my son decided he was, well, he was 13 years old at the time. He decided that he should have a vineyard named after himself. <laughs> Um, as as you probably, should, and probably named it um, Le Luc. So, yeah, that's cute. where that one came from. But well, it's quite a special vineyard, um, and yeah, really super excited about the wine that we're starting to make from it. No, that wine was delicious. I forgot to tell everybody that Restless River is in the Himmel and Arda area. Um, I, I hesitate. You're not the ridge. you not. Where are you? Himmel and Arda, what? Yeah, so the Himmel and Arda, just a quick one. The Himmel and Arda is, um, has three appellations Himmel and Arda Valley, Upper Himmel and Arda Valley, and the Himmel and Arda Ridge. And we're in the middle, which is the Upper Himmel and Arda. Mm. So we're in slightly higher altitude than the um, Himmel and Arda. Um, Appalachian. Um, we're basically about a thousand feet, which gives us a little bit, uh, uh, you know, a little bit slightly cooler temperatures. Yeah. Um, and we're about five kilometers as a crow flies from the Atlantic Ocean, separated by a mountain. And the wines definitely do have that maritime sort of flavor to them. I was trying yeah, to put my finger on it. it yeah. They're not. They're not salty. They're not. 
they're savory, but they're but they're sweet ripe fruit. So it's a funny sort of it's a funny sort of enigma in that one. I can't place it. I've got it in my olfactory memory, and I'll come up with whatever it is in due course. But there's a there's a a definite thread that runs through all of the Restless River wines for me, and it's not saltiness, and it's it's not that kelpy oyster shell. No, look, I mean, although we're relatively close to the ocean, um, there is a big mountain between the ocean and and um, our Appalachian. In fact, all three of the Appalachians in the Inland Arda, mm. um, and we don't get direct um, sort of maritime air coming off the ocean onto yeah. our vineyards. Yeah. Um, we have a strange, the scale is so unique. I mean, we are close to the ocean, but in some respects, we're actually quite continental. Um, the you know the prevailing southeaster doesn't hit us straight off the ocean like it, it would say in Constantia. Yes. Um, it comes down the valley and comes off the land. Yes. Um, so it's a, it's a different type of uh, maritime climate. It, it is. It is different, and I think that the lasting memory of those wines for me from yesterday is that there's a brightness to them. There's a sort of a translucence and a brightness and a lightness to all of those wines, and a very very clean. It's I think like, it's definitely it's definitely the the the, the skill of the winemaker. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely the skill of the <laughs> But it no, is but, um, it is. It's clean right. and, yeah. and, and so precise. They're very precise. They're taut, they sort of quiver, you know, they're not flabby and loose and and a, and a another sort of common denominator that runs through all of them is that lovely acidity that you that you manage to to capture and keep inside the bottle. Yeah. Which I think contributes a lot to the brightness and the freshness. You know, I think it's really about purity, and, and we're very lucky to get that um, yeah. out of our vineyard. Mm. So we've got that fantastic Pinot Noir. If anybody can get their hands on a bottle, I'm going to try very hard. I'll speak to David Clark and see if Norman Goodfellows can have some Restless River on the shelves this year, because, guys, it's yeah, a sure very it's short supply. <laughs> and then we've got Ave, I want to say Ave Maria, but it's not. It's Ava Marie, hey? Yeah, it's Ava Marie. Again, it's a family thing. Uh, that vineyard is a 20-year-old vineyard. Mm-hmm. Um, once my son had decided to name the vineyard after himself, my daughter was uh, a little bit miffed about it and yes. was wondering why she didn't have a vineyard. 100%. <laughs> so, you know, fair is fair. So the Ava, that vineyard was named Ava Marie. Um, and yeah, that's a, that's a really, really fantastic vineyard on granite soils, um, and just just does amazing things with us with our Chardonnay. Well, sure, that Chardonnay, I have to say, I knew you for your Chardonnay, and that's what I was really looking forward to tasting. I hadn't tasted your Pinot Noir forever, and I yeah. certainly hadn't tasted your Cabernet before. Yeah. Um, but we, the, all of them are light, bright, beautiful. Um, I have absolutely no idea how much they cost, so that's probably going to be the shock and horror for everybody at the end of it. But whatever it is, it's worth it. And lastly, we tasted the, um, well, it's a pure cab, isn't it? It's not a blend. It's, yeah. So we've It's got, a blend of um, two different cab vineyards. That's right, yeah. So we've got all our vineyards, incidentally, are registered as single vineyards. So we're yeah. very site-specific here. Yeah. Um, and their wines are, like we've just spoken about, the wines are named after their vineyards. Yes. So the Cabernet is, um, it's two single vineyards. The one is Main Road and the other one is called Dignity. Um, they're also, I don't know if I've just said it, but they're also 20 years old. Yes. 
Um, and on uh, sort of a sandstone coffee clip soiled onto this decomposed granite clays. Um, and there's a, the two vineyards vary in uh, one's a little bit more sandy and the other's a little bit more rocky. Um, and then the slopes vary a bit as well. So although they're about 300 meters apart, I'm picking them over about a five to six week period. Um, That's extraordinary. It is, yeah. Look, this valley is uh, really extraordinary. Um, it, it's so nuanced, and the vineyards are only three hectares in size um, in total. So it gives me the opportunity to know the vineyards very well, and I um, I can see where the little patches inside each vineyard that come online at certain times, depending on what you know the flavor profile that I'm looking for. Yeah, um, and then. Um, that's all vinified separately and um, stays in old barrels, predominantly older barrels, for about uh, 20 months, tw- 21 months, sometimes 22 months. Um, and then it's all blended back together. So the, the final the final cabinet set is a blend of those two single vineyards um, and nothing else. Um, so yes. it is 100% cabinet, yeah. No, it's it's... Honestly, I was blown away by all those wines yesterday. They were just of the nicest wines that I've tasted all year. There's not a hell of a lot of them about. So if you're looking for them, you can try. I'm going to try and get some for us at at Norman Goodfellows. But I don't know where else people would find them, Craig. Where do we find them? Um, We're at a few retailers up in Johannesburg. um, And then um, we're also at some retailers down in in Cape Town. Mm. Um, But... We're also on a lot of uh, great um, wineries at uh, some really top restaurants. Yes. Um, so if you're into a bit of uh, fine dining, uh, you, you will we'll most find likely them. come across the wines. Yeah. yeah. But the wines are very much, I said it to you yesterday as well, the wines are very much made for food. Mm. Um, they're, they're really not casual sort of uh, late afternoon, early evening sipping wines. No. Um, they tend to be... Um, a bit uh, drier and more on the savory side or mm. great acidity so they're very much food wines so no, they're they delicious are, mm, they are very much in restaurants so your yeah. um your advice because i mean it's just such a gorgeous story and everybody loves a story but you sort of literally bought that property on the spur of the moment without telling your wife and you literally the two of you sort of sold up absolutely everything you had, including the shoes and the clothes on your back, and moved there for, by a hook or by crook, you were going to make it work. What's your advice to somebody who would like to do the same? Is it worth it? Oh, yes. Uh, I think the short answer is yes. Um, but I think you are going to need to brace yourself for one hell of a roller coaster ride. You've got to put on your big girl panties, hey? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Mm. And I think you just really, it, it's got to be something that you are 100% um, committed to doing and passionate about. If there's, mm. any, if there's any doubt, don't do it. The other thing that's extraordinary is that you're self-taught. I mean, you didn't, you didn't spend years at Elsenberg or, or Stellenbosch in an agricultural degree. I find that amazing. Um, and it's encouraging and heartening for people who maybe haven't gone the academic route that you can actually be an extraordinarily successful winemaker without formal education. Yeah, I, I suppose that's, um, look, it's, uh, at the end of the day, it's true because it does happen. Mm. Um, but 
I still would have liked to have had a, a more formal education um, yes. in it. Um, I've had to, I've made a lot of mistakes. Um, and I've also, it's taken me a lot, a lot longer to wrap my head around things. Mm. Um, I suppose so from you... that aspect, yes. Um, but uh, the flip side of it is, you know, I've never had any preconceived notions of anything. So I've just yes. trusted my instinct and, and gone with it. Um, mm. Whereas if I think if I had been formally trained, someone like myself, um, I don't really know what the result would have been. So maybe it was better for me as, as no. Yes, I think so. You quite, uh, as I said to you yesterday, you quite anal, and maybe oh, together, <laughs> together with, together with a formal education, you would have ended up with very practiced wine, and instead you've oh. ended up with wine that is just so soulful. It's beautiful, soulful, delicious wine. So for anybody who who wants to try something completely different, I mean, it's not your, uh, it's it's out of everybody's normal lane. It's interesting, it's precise, but it's creative and it's delicious. I really highly, highly recommend any of these Restless River wines. Craig, thanks so much for joining us on the radio today. It's an absolute pleasure and uh, it's a privilege and thanks so much for your time. Keep doing what you're doing and thank you for treating me yesterday as well. (laughs) Thanks, Gary. Thanks so much. Bye. Cheers. Bye bye. If you want to be the best, be digital with Touch HD.